Let's go, people. I am fired up tonight. I am Mike here with McLean and Jay. This is the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. We got a lot of golf to talk about, a lot of news. It was a great weekend in, in the world of golf. We got a great weekend ahead of us. I'm just, I don't know what it is, boys. I'm just, I'm just feeling like a little buzz going on already from dinner tonight. I had a couple of vodka sodas. So that's helping the case here. I stole a little Valentine's candy from my kids. So that's kind of jazzing me up here, but uh, I am fucking ready to go. Are you boys? <clears throat> Double of vodka sodas, eh? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what am I fucking ready? Oh, it's just funny hearing you say, man, I, I got on the vodka soda. Like, if you were to ask us, what did Mike catch a buzz on at dinner? Vodka soda is way down the list, pal. Well, so it's one of those, those canned, <laughs> one of those canned, I forget even who makes it. Um, oh, like flavored. high noons? Yeah, it wasn't a high noon, but I don't know what it was. I had a few cans of those. Dogfish head, the ones you guys. Yeah, there you dog. go, the dogfish head. Yeah, oh, okay. I did um, have one of those at dinner myself too. See, there you go. Way, way more respectable. Way more respectable. <laughs> Love it. I'm just. I told you, I guess I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm gonna just do a little, little, little ad here first. Hey, all of our listeners came up with a great idea. So I want you to do. Everyone who's listening, the dozens of people listening to this. Send this podcast to three of your friends. Everyone send it to three of their friends and tell them it's the most amazing thing you ever heard in your life. Lie. I don't care, but just tell them that. All right. <laughs> just do it. Just do, just it. do it. I said so. So do it. <laughs> we can be um, up to like 19 next week. I know. We're going to we're going to have a couple dozen people. Wasn't show <laughs> um, other news on the emerging nine golf front. Big news for me today. Maybe a career highlight. I was blocked by Phil Mickelson on Twitter today. That's right. Phil Mickelson heard my rant last week. I don't think he did. But yes, he did block me. I sent maybe a disparaging text um, about him and Bryson today. And he saw or his people saw it. They didn't like it. And he blocked me. And I've never been so happy before in my life. (laughs) It was was kind of an aggressive text. It was. Or an aggressive tweet. I should say that. Like, I mean, it it wasn't like... (laughs) It wasn't a, a light, a lighthearted. Can you uh, read tweet. the? You need to read the. Yeah, tweets. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get that. All right. So, a direct okay. quote from the source here. Yeah. Um, I I had heard that Phil was like just blocking everyone, you know, with all the backlash of his comments last week. By the way, to all of our listeners, thank you. I can't count how many people reached out to me to tell me how much they appreciated and loved my mass old minute last week on Phil Mickelson. <laughs> I've, I've talked to people that I haven't talked to in months. They reached out to me just to say, man, that was an epic mass hole minute. It was fantastic. I appreciate your support. And I'm glad I, just like Phil, I'm glad I can educate you on his douchebaggery. So I had heard Phil was blocking everyone, all media people, anyone that was basically saying anything against him in the last week or so. And I was like, not everyone, right? <laughs> So I tested the theory. So my uh, tweet here was, I wonder if the Saudis will let at Phil Mickelson and at Bryson DeChambeau help administer any of the public executions. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, tiptoe in the line. There. I think not it's a valid. For- I think it's a valid question. <laughs> Let's not ignore the fact that they still do have public executions. And these guys want to take the money from these people. So. If you're going to get involved with them, you're going to get these questions. Sorry, it's a valid, <laughs> valid, valid question. 
<laughs> such a valid question. And <laughs> so relevant. So relevant. And you did you did test the boundaries there. And it I worked. Did test you it. Did. And it, I proved the theory correct. Phil yeah. will block anyone on Twitter, regardless of who you are. You can be a nobody with a podcast that have 12 people listen to it. And that's and that's fine. But he will block you. So um, I took it as a career achievement. And we'll just kind of go from there. <laughs> Winning. I, I did. I texted Lindy. And I'm like, Phil Mickelson just blocked me on Twitter. And she, her first one was, did he hear your rant? <laughs> I was like, no, I really hope so. That would have been awesome if it somehow got to him. But I don't think that was why. I think it was the execution tweet. <laughs> that, that probably did it. All right. So before we get any further, what's everyone drinking? Corona light. I, I, I have just switched. I was Ooh, on wow. a little Siduri, a nice little Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley region wow. of California, Northern yeah. California. Big fan, little. I, I love the Sidori. It's it's a good one, um, but I did switch in order to try and um, keep from slurring on the podcast. I did make the switch to uh, Corona Light here. There you go. Continuity, yeah. love it. Okay, nice work, Jaybird. Um, I am going with Old Faithful here, Age Taylor. Um, oh, that's good. That's so good. It's not an Old Faithful. That like Buffalo Trace is an Old Faithful. <laughs> yeah. Taylor is like that's like you're. You're like, mm, I'm gonna have yeah, a good one up. tonight. I'm yeah. gonna have a good one tonight. Uh, yeah, there's a couple other really nice bottles, but I've, you know, they're about halfway full, and I kind of like keeping them for special occasions, and I just don't drink them. And I don't have any. I need <laughs> all of my mid tier stuff. I, I've, I've drank, uh, I've, I've sipped on quite a bit in the last couple months, so I don't have anything. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'll just go to Age Taylor. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, I'm on, I'm on Old Faithful, the OG Buffalo Trace tonight. There you go. So I haven't had it in a while and dabbling in all the other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I got two and a half bottles of this. I want to kind of have a little night. Been drinking all that expensive shit. That's that's all I all I drink is Buffalo Trace. I've yeah. got two bottles. I, I keep a backup and I keep an open. You yeah. know, I, all you gotta do is you just gotta run up to the Walmart. I mean, if you can go to Walmart and get Buffalo Trace, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, Stupid. I would go Florida is this. That's Stupid. what I would drink. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. So, do we want to talk Super Bowl at all? Can I say here's I'll give my take in three sentences or four sentences. I had zero buzz going into the game. I really was not that interested in it for some reason. Neither team really did anything for me. Thought the game was fine. It was good. wasn't great. Thought the halftime show was kind of cool for people our age. I thought the commercials sucked, and I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't win many of my bets. Won a couple, and. I went to bed. Like I, I don't know. It was just it didn't do much for me this year. Yeah, I thought the game kind of it, there was a little bit of momentum on the Bengals side, and then all of a sudden it, it ended, and it was just deflating. It was like you were you were you started to expect something good's getting ready to happen. And it was just like, ah, oh, the game's over. Okay. Yeah, and then like the the referees got involved there late. Like they let them yeah. play and play and play all game, and then they got involved and started throwing flags all over the place. And I'm like, ah, like that's, that's the worst. Just stay that's out of it, guys. Like so just, just let them play. Like that's they weren't so calling anything all night. Like Aaron Donald pushes Joe Burrow out of bounds on one. They didn't throw a flag. It's all kinds of pushing and shoving and guys basically yeah. punching people in the face mask. They don't throw a flag for any of that. And then all of a sudden there was like five flags in the last. Yeah. Two I hate, minutes. 
I hate when they get get involved in, in the game. I mean, I, I feel like the the best games to watch, and and if you're a really good referee, you're going to find a way to to stay out of it. You know, I'm just here again. You're there to referee and to just make sure you know nothing crazy happens. You don't need to be the center of attention for, especially for a game like that. But and don't yeah. change how you how you referee. You can't yeah, in, the, in the middle 50, of the game. 58, 58 minutes. You let them play and don't call anything, and then all of a sudden you start calling ticky tack things. Like just be consistent. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Either call it tight or call it loose, but keep it that way the whole the whole time. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I we we were in a good spot when <laughs> we were we were in Scottsdale, so we had a cool spot outdoors. It's 75 degrees and sunny, big flat screens everywhere. So we we had a we had a fun time just because we were all together. But um, yeah, I think I, the 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 big turning point for for me in terms of the the from the scoring aspect is when. When uh, ODB, um, not ODB, <laughs> Odell Beckham, uh, <laughs> old dirty bastard, is that what you're talking about? The rapper, talking about yeah, a throwback. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, but OBJ, <laughs> when he uh, when he tore his when he Pour tore his ACL, that, I, I feel like I honestly thought the Rams, I thought it would have been a higher scoring game, uh, and I still think the Rams would have won, but I think they would have covered the over. I think it would have been like a, I think the Simpsons could have been close to predicting the the Super Bowl had. OBJ stayed in, and although I think I still think the Rams would have would have won, I think it would have been a little higher scoring, but yeah, which hurt us because we had a we we got a couple bets together just for fun, just to watch it, and most of them hit, but the one that uh, that hurt us was we had him with over on receiving yards, and he had fifty two before he in the first half before he yeah. tore his ACL, and then uh, obviously we were we were done, but we had we put together a really ridiculous parlay. It was like a seven leg parlay that was like. It was it was it was not going to happen, and the odds were crazy. But it would have been the the payoff would have been awesome, and it would have been super fun to take it all the way to the wire. I love that. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. It was whatever to me. That was kind of I was a little let down. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great. I will say this. I will say that um, Joe Burrow is going to win a Super Bowl. I I, I still think. I mean. He got sacked what six or seven times? Yeah, well, they need to get some help. Got, they've got one of one of the most average, below average offensive lines for a great offense. Um, and to go against a, a, a defense like that with with Aaron Donald and Von Miller, I mean, it, it, I, good luck. You know, yeah, I mean, good luck. And I, that's that's the way it played out. They just dominated. So it's it is pretty remarkable though. I was they were I kind of forget the stats, but they were talking about it on the radio. I guess yesterday. And we are recording this on Tuesday. Sorry for the delay, people. This will go out Wednesday. Jay was flying home from Scottsdale from Phoenix yesterday, which is why we have a delay. But anyways, I was to the radio yesterday, and they were talking about how much the team that loses in the Super Bowl struggles the next few years. There's yeah. like a massive Super Bowl hangover. Um, well, it can't so be too massive because the Rams were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they just won. So, Yeah, they were there what, four years ago. Was it five, was it wasn't was it four years ago? Or was it three four years ago? It was 2018. They lost to a team. I think that plays in New England. I think that was them. I've never heard of them. But is there a team in New England? There is. Yeah, I think. Not anymore. Not anymore. There was there for a was. long time. Yeah, they didn't play this past year, did they? I don't know what happened. It's like it's like something changed up there. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, we dominated your ass for twenty fucking years, people. Sorry. Now all of a sudden you're trying to jump on us. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's get into some golf. We got a lot to talk about. We did enough bullshitting. Jay, 
first, before we talk about the actual like winners and losers and what we took from the tournament, the playing, Jay, how was the experience? What was it like being there on Saturday? How cool was it? So, you know, I'll, I actually do have some comments on this. So I was I was on my way to work this morning um, after I flew in from <laughs> from Charlotte from having a flight canceled last night. And, you know, I had to get up early and fly in and I still had to pick up my truck and I was driving to work and I was listening to Michael Breed on the, the golf channel. I, I, I do like Mike a lot and I've known him for for 10 years, but he was adamant that that this was a, just a terrible, a terrible display and everything about it was terrible. Um, and I wanted to call in, but I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, but I totally disagree. I, I don't like the, I don't like the fact that they threw the the beer cans on, on 16. Like, I, I think it's, it was cool. It was fun in the moment, but I understand why people don't like it. I mean, if you're a player, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get hurt. I mean, this, some some of them were throwing empty cans. That's fine, but if you're throwing a full a full beer, oh yeah, there were definitely was. Beer, I mean, there's plenty of full beers being thrown. I mean, and obviously somebody could have gotten hurt, and you definitely don't want that. But I will say, so for I listeners, was, Jay was on 16. I was I was on 16 on the tee box uh, when Sam, a good buddy of mine, actually we were t- you know we were <laughs> betting on everybody hitting the green or not hitting the green, which is awesome. And I, I almost called it. I, I can't. That I can't call a hole in one, but I, the way he was playing prior to those holes, I was like, this guy, Sam is one of those guys who he does not care at all. Like if there's, if there's a, a pin that he can attack, he's got, he's that type of player. It's like, whatever, I'll do this. And I don't care. Two, two fifty back left pin water left. I'm going for it. Like he's got that mentality. So when he's got a sand wedge or gap wedge in his hand, I was like, this guy could easily just attack. He doesn't care if he misses the green left at all. He's going for it. And sure enough, he had an obviously amazing shot and made a hole in one. And it went, the place went absolutely bonkers. So, but back to the point, you know, people have said, uh, I know Barstool Sports came out. They, I think, um, what was the the comments by Brandel Sham Brandel Shamley? He said, This is this is not um, this is not old school, it's barstool. Barstool. And he and- was he was in favor of it. He was yeah. And so Barstool, you know, obviously made this shirt. It was a, it was a drawing of the, of the 16th hole, with all the, all the bottles there, all the beer cans. And, you know, their take on it was that, and I guess there was a caption underneath that said, this is one of, you know, made this one of the best events um, in sports. And they obviously, you know, went through the whole PJ tour list and was like, Oh, this tournament's better. This tournament's better. This tournament's better. And I understand where they're coming. They're looking at it from a, from a golf tournament standpoint i have been to i've obviously been to plenty of golf tournaments i've been to plenty of uh you know i've been to president's cup i've been to plenty of you know nfl events basketball i've been to plenty of events this is one of the best sporting events that you can go to regardless of you know the golf itself and and how what the how uh deep the field is the the experience is unlike anything that you've ever done I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I've like, I've, I've been to every type of sporting event you can NASCAR I've been there. That's crazy. But this, the energy that that's at this event is absolutely insane. There's nothing, there is nothing like it. And I, I can't even really explain how incredible it is. I mean, everyone sees it on TV, but it's, it's chaos, but it's not chaos in a bad way. Obviously that looked like that on, on TV, but there's just so many people. There's so much buzz. The weather is perfect. It's beautiful. 
And people are just genuinely excited to just watch people hit golf balls, um, which they, you know, they don't get that excited um, in, in most events. You know, obviously, you know, there's other events where the field's better or it's more, it's more valuable for the players to play well, majors. But in terms of a spectator watching a, an event, it's, it's definitely one of the top five sporting events in, in the world. In my so opinion. the way I look at it is I think it's awesome. It seems like the players embrace it. They're getting a, a pretty much a better and a deeper field every year. It gets better and better. I mean, 20 years ago, none of the big names ever played that event. Yeah. Like it was kind of like, a, okay, cool. It's the one with the crazy hole, but I'm not really going to watch it because none of the big names are playing. But now all the big names play. They all seem to embrace it. What I, what I don't like or what I'm worried about is so I thought the hole in one, I was watching it live. I texted you immediately. Like, it was so cool. Like even the beer cans being thrown was kind of bonkers, but it was cool. Once. One one time. Yeah. To then go to Sunday and Carlos Ortiz makes another hole in one, more beer cans. JT chips in more beer cans. D- Damon and Harry Higgs do their thing shirtless, which I thought was funny to see these guys break out, but then more beer cans. It's like, Okay, we we can't do this for every cool, funny thing that happens. It, it, and then there's going to be a copycat thing yeah. at other events. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it loses its it, it loses it loses. Yeah, that's it, a little much. Um, you know, uniqueness, I guess to say. You know, but other than that, I think it's great. I think it is good for the sport to get some good eyes. I mean, it was all over social media and news, and it was everywhere. That's a good thing for golf. Yeah, there's going to be some old fuddy duddies out there that. Don't think it's right. Um, but I think for for one weekend a year, for one hole of the weekend, that is perfect. And again, I don't, I'm not sure the whole beer throwing thing, you know, if, if a guy makes a hole in one, maybe, okay, throw beers. But that's it. That's well, the only occasion you're allowed to throw beers. You know, somebody made a good point. I don't know, a listener called in and said, look, here, you know, if you're going to get into the, the boxes at 16, you know, here is a, you know, whatever foam golf balls or something that you keep. If somebody makes a hole in one, you know, chuck yes. these foam golf balls, something I, I get the beers. It seems cooler, but um, if you want to get rowdy and throw something, you know, that's kind of like getting a hat trick in, in hockey and throwing that's, hats out there. That, yeah, that's fine. You throw hats out there. No one's, no one's getting hurt. They clean up the hats. It's, it's like, um, it's a, it, it's, that's what you do. I mean, that's expected. So if someone makes a hole in at 16, like, you know, Hey, or I don't know, maybe it's not a hat. Maybe it's something else that's not going to hurt anybody, but yeah. like, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of cool and just shows how, and, you know, involved everybody was how excited everybody was, but the, you know, obviously the beer can is obviously somebody can get hurt. So I, I totally yeah. understand that, but, yeah. um, it, it I, I, I mean, I'll repeat it. I mean, cause we were, we were obviously there. I mean, when was the last time they had a hole in one on uh, 16 on Saturday, seven years, I think. Yeah. And Saturday's the the rowdiest crowd. I mean, that's that's yeah. the day. I mean, Sunday people get a. I mean, obviously, Carly's or Carlos Ortiz made one on Sunday, but typically Saturday is the 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 biggest fan base, the most people, and they're the rowdiest. And it's known uh, as like the party day. Like it is the party day, and um, it it uh, it I still I still stand by that. It's it's one of the greatest <laughs> spectating uh, events there is. Um, it's it's unlike anything else. So it's, it's, did you guys walk around at all? You just got to just kind of plant yourself there. We, we went into that box. I mean, you can see seven holes from this. So we're, we're sitting on the, uh, behind the, 
behind the players on uh, on 16, if they're, if they're right hand, most of them are. And then behind us is another grandstand that's attached that you can walk right over and watch uh, 15, the guys hit their second shots in. Then you can walk around to the, the green side and look at 10, the green coming in. You can watch the guys tee off on 11. Um, then you can walk around on the other side um, of the green and you can watch the guys tee off on 17. I mean, it's I, that part cool. of it. That part of it is is incredible. There's no other. There's no other golf course event or no other event that has that type of setup when you can see that much. Um, I don't know. It's it's it, it's definitely worth it. That's cool. At least once. I love it. All right, so let's let's get into the actual event. And before we do, I'm going to see if this works. This might be bad audio, but I just want to play something for everyone. I think Finau plays well there. Kepka's a defending champion. Hasn't played great yet. And Shuffler's do. I'm going to go Shuffler wins it as my pick to win. But I like getting all three of those guys on my team. Three top flight guys and then answer. It's- I don't know who that was. The guy sounded really smart. Sounded like a little twerp. I don't know. <laughs> Out of a bag of dicks. I love it. I knew. I just want to try to get you guys going. Let's go, boys. I mean, I'm just saying, I have two weeks in a row, I've picked the winner. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Tom Hoagie is on my DraftKings team. This so, week, how, how so did why didn't pay? you win? How did it pay? So why didn't you win? Yeah, so how did uh, it pay? It paid more What's than you guys. Masses? It paid more than you guys. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but you didn't win. Let's <laughs> talk about my knowledge. Okay, My knowledge is there, people. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. more than these two. I've picked the winner back a, to back. Do you make week. a separate bet based off of this incredible knowledge that you possess? Or did no, you choose I'm, to not no, trust it all? You were like, man, nah, I No, because I'm, I'm poor, McLean. I don't have the money to gamble. But <laughs> if, if someone out there is willing to back me, I will make you millions. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but <laughs> no one's ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> I did pick Scotty Shuffler to win the event. I said it. You guys didn't. And let's just be honest. Okay. So Scotty Scheffler gets his first win, beats Cantley in a playoff. Uh, the leaderboard was awesome all weekend. There was some studs up there, Xander, Brooks. Uh, it was it was just a good event. Um, great leaderboard. Three, four, five, six guys had a chance to win towards the end. Scheffler gets it done, beats Cantley in a three-hole playoff. Thought he was going to win it in regulation after he stuffed that iron shot in there to, you know, six feet. And it seemed like everyone was misreading that 18th green on Sunday. But um, yeah, it was, it was good to see Scotty get his first win. And, you know, he's obviously been playing really well, you know, top 12, 13 or so in the, in the world. Ryder Cup. I, I did pick Scheffler in, uh, in another league. So, you know, so there you we're go. on the well, same page. But no, no, did you not say not in this league. Sorry. Did you, did you say it on a podcast? No. I did. Yeah, Jesus um, Christ, Mr. Me Too over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what was your take? I thought I thought it was just a fun weekend. Um, we'll get to Thagala in a second. I want to talk about him. But, you know, again, stud leaderboard and Scotty finally wins. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're right. 100 percent. I mean, that's I mean, he for him to be due. I mean, Scotty Shuffler's been in the mix a lot in majors and big tournaments. So. You know, it was just a matter of time before he he got it done. One hundred percent. I mean, he's he's a talented guy. He's not really 
one of those guys who's kind of afraid of the moment. He just he just gets up and gets it done. So I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, he does it his own way. A little yeah. of an awkward swing. And... Gotta, yeah, I mean, but you, I, you know, the guys who have those weird awkward swings, it's kind of like, you know, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's like, you know, what? this is the way I do it. You know, f f you guys. You know, I do it this way, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that it works. Um, which is kind of cool. What's that? We're, we're saying f now. <laughs> I just so I didn't get so, I did not I'm get so that used memo. to doing it. <laughs> I'm just checking. I'll need to change my strategy from here on out if that's the case. <laughs> just, just saying. Um. Yeah. No. I thought I thought the action was good. I thought the golf course played great this weekend. It played firm and fast, and uh, that fin- that finish there, that back nine is so good. That with you know, there's so I mean, many honestly, birdie holes. That- that's the only really great part of the golf course. You know, it really starts getting good in the mid to late part of the back nine. I've played the golf course. There's a couple of good holes on the front nine, but it's nothing special. It's a TPC property. It's nothing overly impressive until you get to those holes. And I will also say 16 without the stadium is 150 yard part three. Yeah, but it, it's, that's what makes it unique. I think it's got and character. Without I'm, question, that is look, what makes it unique. And it, it's a fantastic hole when you have a stadium built around it. If I'm being sure. honest, I'd love to see some other events adapt, or change, and adapt to because let's 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 all talk about one thing that changes everything and that moves the needle. It's money. You can and Jay, you were there. I've not been on property, but I can only imagine that stadium is printing money selling beer. And probably oh. merchandise too. I, I can only imagine. I've not been there, so I don't know firsthand. Sixteen has its own merchandise tent. Like you can exactly. buy sixteen, the sixteenth hole memorabilia. I mean, buddy, have you, you ever been? Have you, you ever been lubricated and bought something you didn't need? <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. Let's look at the obvious fucking yeah, math yeah. here, right? Let's yeah. look at the obvious math. Oh, I'm sorry, the obvious F in math here. <laughs> um, let's check that out. It, it, um, it makes so much sense, and that's why I think we do need to see some other facilities or some other tournaments, I should say, um, adapt this. It does grow the sport. I think you guys are 100% dead on. So, the one thing I will say is there are certain events that aren't going to do it because they're, they're much more old school. You're never going to see Quail Hollow do it. Nah. But there are some places where I think you would do it. I think the Honda should do it. Well, so yeah. so the Honda does kind of do it, and I, I was there a couple of years ago at the Bear Trap. The only thing that hurts them is this: the seventeenth hole has water on one side, so yeah. you can't fully enclose it. You get three sides of the seventeenth hole enclosed. Put, put the stands in the water. How crazy! Canoes, beer canoes. No, Let's I don't know. A, now, now we put have the gone stands in the, the water event. around both sides, and then I mean, yeah, that was a, be- there's also a neighborhood on the other side of that little little pond well, there but you go on the left no, side look, there are you, some limitations due to real estate without yeah. question and, and and the honda but, was just one of the first things but that came they, to mind it is it's it a is local a mini, event for me it's great so i i did it uh danny ellis our founder member who builds the grandstands in phoenix also builds the grandstands at the honda which will be next week's event and 17 shout is out, fun shout out to shout out to, shout out to danny ellis. ellis he's the man i mean i don't need to go into detail danny if you ever listen to this podcast you you're the man and I'm forever indebted to you. I will tell you, uh, we had an absolute blast. We were with Danny on Saturday, so we it was amazing. He is a he's a true true gentleman, and we had a we had an awesome time. Um, but anyway, you're right. Yeah, he does both. He does both grandstands. And he so does about twenty. He said twenty yeah. twenty events throughout the year. 
Um, yeah, and I will, pretty much I will, almost half of them. I will say this, you know, when I was, when we were, when we were watching that hole in one, I was worried. Like, I mean, people were going nuts, jumping up and down on this thing, shaking. And no, it was not shaking Nothing. at all. That's what was incredible. I was like, yeah. I was worried that like that people are going to keep jumping. Something was going to happen. Whatever they're doing is really good because, yeah. <laughs> because it was nothing was moving, which is pretty incredible. But I, I want to go back to one point here, which I think is kind of cool. And I want to hear want to hear your take on it. When was the last time there was a major championship in Arizona? Was there, has there ever been? No, there's never been a major championship in Arizona. This course, I feel like would be, I mean, when was the last time we had a, a, a major championship on a desert course? That's because of the time of the year. I don't think you can do it. I know it's hot. I'm just saying, if there was a way to do it, if there was a way, the when, when's the PJ Championship? That course, that course is not a major championship golf course. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's not. If they, if they get, if they narrow the fairways a little bit, which they can, and grow the rough up. Well, I don't even know if they need to grow the rough up. Uh, no, it's it firm and fast, and let let the ball run into the into the into the desert. The green, they had the greens pretty firm. I mean, not pretty firm, really firm and really. So fat. I don't. I just don't. I like that idea. The only one you would be able to think of is the PGA because it's in May. Because you can't go April because that's the Masters. So it's PGA in May is really your only potential chance. But I'm worried they have to put too much water on it because it's all ryegrass to yeah. get it that firm. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I know that, I know that's why they haven't done it. But if there was a way to do it, it would be, it would be incredible. So I'll say I think this, it would be though, super entertaining. Jay, as someone who lived out there and has played. A decent amount of desert golf. There's very few courses out there, but I'm not saying they don't exist. TPC Sawgrass is not, or not Sawgrass. TPC Scottsdale is not one of them. However, there are very I, few golf courses out there that have the distance that can play a major championship tournament on it because of the angles and the desert. Um, the one thing that is so frustrating is that you have a lot of golf courses that have added all this distance by just simply adding a tee box to create it. However, the golf course was designed so long ago that the angles don't allow you to actually hit good drives because the ground is so firm and it runs into the desert. So you have to start shaping this thing 40 yards. And it's, 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 that's it's awesome. Pretty, make, make yeah, it, 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 it is to a certain extent, but not when good drives are not when good shots are being repelled. That's where it, the, it, the golf course wasn't designed for that. The problem is that the tee box was added 50 years after the golf course was designed that's and the fun. angle of the course and the camber of the fairway was yeah. never designed to receive well, shots mean, what, from that angle. What now, about I'm Oakmont? not saying there's that that's true of holes, for every golf course. plenty of holes at Oakmont that's held multiple majors that have holes that camber away from the dog leg. I mean, they do it all the time in the Northeast. But I mean, the, I ground just, just the ground is much softer. The ground is much softer. Not The ground is much softer. Not really. I like I like your idea, Joe. I just I mean I'm, I'm worried you're too much reliant on the weather to be right. Maybe, maybe. I'm just I'm just saying it's 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 it'll be something different that we haven't seen. And back, I mean, back to the point where we always talk about like look at Tory Pines. Like what hole do you remember at Tory Pines? 18. Yeah. What other what other holes do you remember need- at Tory Pines? I'm I remember I remember zero holes up until 18. I remember at 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 TBC Scottsdale. And I know everyone's like, oh, it's, it's a TPC course. It's supposed to be easy, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it wasn't that easy this week. Um, guys didn't shoot 20 under par like they did at, at Kapalua. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it don't it disagree with that. All I'm but saying is they need a modern, new modern golf course. Hang on, hang on. Give me one second. Look at the memorable holes. 15, you know what that hole is. 
it's a it's a drivable par four. It's a tough green to par, hit. That's seventeen. I mean par five, and then you've got yeah, par five. Uh, yeah. sixteen is a is a short par three with the most incredible surroundings and and energy, and they can put t- a lot of tough pins. It still stretches out to 160, 63 yards, and then you've got seventeen, a drivable par four, which is awesome. Can uh, tons of different pins, and then you've got two 18. or six. Yeah, exactly. I mean. That's a, I mean, what's that's a great golf course in my opinion. You remember that not because you, you know it's it's super hard or it's super easy. You remember it because you get a little bit of both. I think it'd I mean, be a great. I think it'd be a great golf course for a Ryder Cup Presidents Cup. Oh yeah, in the fall, hundred percent. You know, with the risk reward you have there coming yeah. down the stretch. You know, you got reachable par two, reachable par fives in the back, mm-hmm. and reachable par mm-hmm. four. Yeah, I agree, hundred uh, percent. So it yeah. would be a have great. You guys, be a have great you guys play. played the golf course? No, I have not. I've never even been there. Seen on TV though. Did Did you play it while you guys were out there? Mm, uh, no, I have not played it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I've yeah, walked. So you couldn't get a tea times. time. He went to the yeah, golf I didn't get a tea time because they were. I, I know it was. It was kind of a dick statement, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a dick statement. But, but I mean, guys, guys, it, I'm there I watching. You. I can see the. I can see I, the professionals I, I, play it. Sure, sure, sure. You need to go tee it up for yourself. Um, I, I, I do agree that I think we do need some desert golf that gets incorporated into a U.S. Open type of event. I think the U.S. Open would be a perfect venue for a firm and fast um, climate that Arizona provides, but it needs a modern golf course. And I'm not saying there's not one out there that doesn't exist. I mean, I, I haven't played Whisper, but Whisper Rock is fantastic. Estancia is, um, I believe, the number one course in the state at this point. Uh, but there are some fantastic golf out there. But however, this particular golf course is not major championship caliber. You cannot make it that much more difficult without making it unfair. And that's one of the bigger problems because even though it's a shorter golf course, it might, it might not seem it, but it's a little tighter than you give it credit for once you're in the middle of the fairways and you can't necessarily grow some of the rough in on some of those holes because how firm and fast the um, course is and how much role you have to kind of allow so to grow it in almost starts to it starts to make it not not Mickey Mouse, but, you know, a, a little bit of it's like we're just trying to make it difficult for the fuck of making it difficult versus making it difficult while keeping in the character and quality of the property itself. Um, I did play it. I, I don't think it's a very difficult golf course. I will did, say the tour conditions it? are when tour conditions. Yeah, uh, three, I mean, three years ago. No, I'm saying when, what time of year? I mean, it, it, there is a difference. I mean, did you play it right, right um, leading up to the fall. event, or did you I play it, it in the fall? Or no, no, hang on. Which I'm, I'm not, I'm I not. Play, I'm to, sorry, I take that back. I played it in May. I had just moved out to Scottsdale, and I was out there for a couple of months. So right I played no. It was no. It was right after the tournament because they were disassembling it. So whatever it was, it was in the springtime sometime. I can't remember exactly what month it was, but it was in the springtime. It was after the tournament. They were I, pulling it down I and mean, the course was in fantastic shape. Let me just say this condition wise course was meant absolutely meant. And it was a good, it was a good course, but it wasn't something that when you look back on some of our historic major championship properties, I don't know what it is. I think it's a great tournament. I think it's a great course. I think it's a great property and they both serve their purpose. But I think that's where, that's where it, that's where they belong. I, I just I don't think the course itself allows for that. I would love to see a major championship go into the desert to some of these properties because you could yeah. you can create I mean, some really unique properties be, with some incredible views good. out there. 
Um, I will, it would be good. And, and again, and I, I, you have, you have a fair point. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with you, but I fair. think you make a fair point, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I totally, just for the sake of it being a unique golf course with some unique finishing holes, you can change, um, you can change that. You can decide what you want to do with rough. If you want no rough, if you want rough, if you want to, you know, keep it almost play it like uh, Piners number two, where you've got just fairway leading into the desert. If, if that's the case and you have to keep it soft in May, then that may make it a little bit more fair. Um, I just think, I, I think we need to, we, I'm tired of seeing every U S open go to the Northeast. I love the Northeast, but I've seen that. I, I, I see the thick rough. I I'll see the narrow fairways. I mean, why can't we try to make it work to have a major championship or at least a Ryder Cup at, at a place like this? Something different. Uh, and especially when with a venue that is already near and dear to so many people's hearts in terms of like the excitement and the buzz, like a Ryder Cup would be awesome. Um, or, you know, a major championship, maybe a stretch, but something bigger than what they have now because they have so many unique holes that are fun to watch and, and you can remember them. Like I said, you can go down the list between all the all the other majors that we've had, and I can't tell you any of the holes. And I watch I watch them every year, um, and I still well, say yeah. I've watched Tory Pines every year. They had the, have the regular event every year that they've had the U.S. Open, and I still can only remember eighteen and the other part five leading up to that was it thirteen? Yeah, I mean that's it. That's all I remember. Well, I, mean, I, I almost think the PGA Tour should double down on their TPC. Um, investments properties. Let's, let's build. Let's build a place for something like that. Build yeah. it that has the stadiums that it's it's designed for modern golf. Maybe we have multiple stadium holes. Maybe we have multiple this. Let's put it somewhere that you know allows for them to fill that building up. I mean, let's you could put it in a Dallas or you know a Chicago or something. I mean, Chicago is going to bring more weather, but find a major market. Let's build that property. Let's build something out that we can create the best experience. We we now have a lot of learning and or learning experiences and and stuff that we can take away yeah. from what they do well and how the golf is evolving. I mean, even if you look at Top Golf, there's ways that the PGA Tour could go in and build a property that kind of encompasses a lot of where golf is going, and we could create it in a major market that people all come travel into it. It hosts the Ryder Cup, or it hosts this, or it hosts a regular event, or it hosts a, a FedEx Cup event, whatever it is, but it's also something that people can go experience the rest of the time to generate revenue to make it. I think that's where I think that's where something like that really lies. Um, I think that's where you could go in and, and have a venue that fully encompasses what modern golf has become. I mean, that's and, what they embraces that because that's the hardest thing right now is going into these high end facilities that they all go into, or uh, many of the tournaments are host sites that they have the ability to even embrace that. I mean, if you approach Johnny Harris at Quail Hollow, he's going to, he, uh, we're not doing that here. That that's yeah. not what we're about here. Well, you that's what, what I mean? They, I mean. That's what they've done at, uh, or what they did. I mean, in creating you know, TPC Sawgrass, that's what it was created for. Um, so oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, but I, I think mean, that's where that's where this next evolve evolvement kind of comes from. You know, the next evolving chapter um, could be in yeah. something like that. Let's create a modern facility. All right, so let's let's get back into some of the the actual golf. What else did you make? I, again, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was the gala. If you didn't come away as a fan of that guy this weekend, and I'll admit it, 
I, I saw his name at the top of the leaderboard. I've kind of seen his name a little bit around the PGA Tour. He gets paired with Xander and Brooks on Saturday, comes out on the second hole, blades it into the lip of the bunker, makes double. And I said it, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to shoot 76 today. But the guy didn't. He fucking hung in there. He played his ass off, kept the lead, hung in there, kept the overnight lead going into Sunday, gets paired with Scheffler and Kepka on Sunday, played his ass off. I thought he got a really bad break on 17 on Sunday. I thought that ball was going to bounce up onto the green. It was fading and takes a hard kick left, goes over into the water. I did think, you know, the guy seems laid back yet still confident. He wears emotions on his sleeve a little bit. I think his emotions got to him when that ball went in the water on 17. I don't know if he went through his whole process there after he made that drop and hit a bad pitch yeah. and made the bogey where you get, all right, dude, drop it. Okay, bad break, drop, yeah. get up and down for par, and you still get a chance on 18. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I thought the guy was in tears afterwards. It was just a kind of a, you know, a star was born kind of thing. It's just hard not to root for the guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a talented guy. I mean, I, I didn't realize he was the, uh, player of the year in college at Pepper. He was a stud. Yeah, he won all yeah. kinds of awards. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize he was that good. I mean, he's a big, big guy, 6'3", 200 plus pounds, hammers it. He doesn't hit it very straight. I think he's ranked close to 200 or something like that in, in driving accuracy. So he's he obviously struggles hitting the fairway, even though he hits a fade. But um, I was watching him warm up on the range, and he was not hitting it good. I mean, dropping, dropping clubs left and right. And I was like, this guy's got no shot if he can't hit the fairway. <laughs> But to your point, he he did he he's a he's a good iron player and he's he's crafty. He can hit a lot of shots. I mean, he, he can curve it left, curve it right, hit a high lid, hit it low. Um, which I think you know the the best players in the world can kind of control the ball that way. And and he's got he's got a good good short game. I was gonna say his short um, game was impressive. Yeah, he he missed a few well. greens, and I'm like, wow, he got that up and down. If he can if he can find a way to drive it just a little bit better. Um, I mean, I'm I'm. Pretty sure that you're going to see his name quite a bit, um, but he he really I don't think he hit a fairway the first five or six holes. Um, so if, if he can find a way to drive it a little bit, I mean he's aiming. When anytime you see somebody aiming in the rough trying to hit a cut, you know every hole like aiming down the left rough. He's not aiming in the left half of the fairway. I mean, he's aiming in the left rough trying to hit the, like a block cut. And I mean, he just, either he would hit it good and hit it straight and pull it, or he would just overcompensating into a big high fan to the right. Um, but, you know, with all that being said, he was not driving it well and still was right in the mix at the end. So, um, like I said, if he can find a way to drive it and play a little bit better, I'm sure you're going to see his name. I mean, he's a confident guy. I mean, anytime you, you go out and can hit the hit, hit your driver that poorly and still stay in the mix, then you got some game. Especially on that golf course. Yeah. I mean, it's not that – it's not that – not a wide not open, open property. No, it's not wide open. I mean, not, not a wide open piece of property. Did you guys hear the story about him? What he did in college on the driving range, warming up. Mm-mm. I forget who it was. Someone wrote an article, and they were talking about it on the air when he was in college. Just to kind of, he's kind of got a goofy, fun-loving personality, and he would just fuck around with guys. And he'd be on the on the range warming up, and he'd start fattening them, thinning them. He was like cold topping three woods one time before an event just to fuck with people. <laughs> and like an, an opposing coach saw him do this and went over to his actual coach was like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. It looks like your boy's struggling over there. He doesn't got it today. And then just <laughs> goes out and waxes the field. Waxes him. Yeah. And they said one time he was in a, there was a shotgun event and he was on the very far left edge of the range. And right next to him was John Rom to his right. 
and the whole field's hitting balls before their shotgun. And he goes to his teammates. He goes, watch this. And he started hitting just cold shanks on purpose that were like buzzing ROM going down the line. And he was playing it off like he was legitimately hitting shanks. And he was paired with ROM that day and then like went out and beat him. It was like, I don't know. It's just like. That takes some chops to just sit Actually, there and I didn't I didn't know that story, but I like him even more now. Uh, I love him so much right now. <laughs> wow, I did not know that story. And I, I I was a fan of his. I mean, I understand why I got emotional after the event. And I think anyone who's ever been in those shoes or signed a scorecard knows exactly what that feeling's like. Um, especially after leading a tournament for that long. And, Pretty much and, wire and, to wire almost. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And losing it, losing it at the last second. It was like, man. Yeah, that's that's tough to grip with, and and I'm yeah. I'm so hopeful that he's able to put that behind him and go on to do some great things because he's got a lot of talent, like Jay said. Um, but man, I think, it, I think he will. I think I, he will. I, I I certainly hope he does. I certainly now now at least he gets a good nice big paycheck, a lot of FedEx Cup points, and that helps with his his status the rest of the year. And he was yeah. there on a sponsor to be able to get most of the events. So that'll that'll be big for him. So. Yeah, it was it was cool to see that story and I just how he competed against those big names he was paired with. It was just Ryder Cup after Ryder Cup where he was either paired with or on the leaderboard chasing him down. And um, yeah, I mean, at some point he probably we're all human, right? He's got to think yeah. like I can play with these guys. My name is still at the top of the leaderboard and it's late yeah. on Sunday. And then to have that wall go in the water on 17. It was. But I, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. But well, I didn't hit a great I, chip shot afterwards either. I no. think I think him. I, I I think he knew that he was not swinging the swinging the driver well, and I think he he's going to gain confidence from even just staying relevant all the way to the end with not his a game or not even his. You know, I don't I hate to say use these. I mean, Tiger used to use these <laughs> letters to you know classify their what type of player they were, but um, I mean I don't think he was playing with his you know a b a or b game, and he was maybe a c plus or b minus game, and he was still in the mix, you know? Yeah. So I, I think you take, if it were me, uh, it would take a lot away from that. Like, yeah, yes, I did lose this event and I didn't win down the stretch, but man, I didn't play well. And I still, I still was competing against the best players in the world. You know, Brooks Kepler was up there, obviously Scheffler, Xander Shoffley. I mean, these are household names right now. Um, so I think he should take a lot of confidence away. And real real fast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real fast before we move on. I gotta say, uh, Xander, I love you, pal. But you're starting to get in Tony Finau territory. Yeah, it, it's, he is. I love the guy, but dude, you got to win a little more. And I was, I was watching him on 18. He had that putt to tie the lead. Yes, Cantley had a short one coming back the other way, but he has a short putt to get to 16 under. I could read it from my couch. I was like, dude, he's under reading this. He's gonna miss this low. Yeah. Like I could see the break see there. It. He took forever to read the putt. He backed away at one point. And the line on his golf ball, I was like, I said it out loud. My family wasn't listening, nor did they care. But I was like, <laughs> was hoping someone would care, but they don't. Um, that's why I started a podcast. People still don't care. <laughs> and twelve people do. <laughs> but I was like, dude, he's misreading this. He's gonna miss this low, and he did it. And I'm like, oh. And if he would have made that, because Cantley missed and Scheffler missed, he would have gotten to the playoff. And I don't know. I love the guy. He doesn't have a major flaw in his game except for he doesn't know how to win, I think. I don't know. but And now, granted, he just yeah. won the gold medal, but it's a limited field, not the deepest field in the world last year at the Olympics. He just needs to start start winning some more. He's up there. He has a lot of high finishes. I just I just hope he gets it done a little bit more than he has been. So. Great. Great. 
All you right. could also say that about Patrick Cantlay, though. He won four times last year. I didn't. He's just up there so often. It's amazing he doesn't win more. He's just there so often. It's amazing he doesn't win more. I'm just so baffled. He's not winning more. You're right. You're absolutely correct. And I, I, I spoke too quick, but regardless, he's there every time I turn around and I'm just surprised. I'm just like, once he's in the driver's seat, I'm like, oh, this is a win. Yeah, you're the right. last I mean, two weeks, the last two weeks, I thought it was a done deal when I saw him in the lead. And I was like, oh, yeah, Cantlay's going to knock this down. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like, I'm surprised. And and, I'm, and I apologize. You are correct. I spoke too quick without giving some actual true thought to it or looking up any statistics. Um, <laughs> but with that... With that being, that being said, said, I got to say, I, I am surprised Cantlay is not winning more because the guy is right there in the mix every yeah. single week, which yeah. is why he is feature number one um, in my lineup every week. We'll get to that in a minute, but let me <laughs> we'll just go ahead and we'll tell get you. to that later. Yeah, we- yeah. He, he's there, and you already know RP's there. We'll talk in a bit. <laughs> so we'll we'll get to Cantley here in a few minutes. Um, if we get to some of these other topics. And the next, this is the big one. All right. So I will call this a mass hold minute, if you will, but I want to discuss this with you guys. We had some more drama, some more juicy comments from another idiot PGA tour member this week. Everyone knows Charlie Hoffman. I'm assuming you've all heard and or read his Instagram post, which is now deleted, by the way. Way to have a sack and keep it up there, Charlie. Um, so I'll read it for the crowd real fast. What a joke. All right. Like set the scene real fast. So he hits the ball on Saturday. Was it Saturday or Friday? Friday, Friday, par five, 13. It's his T ball in the water. Goes to drop the ball rolls, drops again, ball rolls. So he places it while he's, you know, getting his club, talking to his caddy, the ball then rolls into the water. He's assessed another one stroke penalty because that is a live ball that's in play. Okay. I will also say this. I think that kind of sucks because he's already taken a a one-stroke penalty and he's in an awkward spot that obviously is not that level. The ball's not staying there when he drops it. It doesn't kind of suck. Yes, it sucks. Yeah. Um, I could go either way on it. I don't think it's a fantastic rule. I will say that. Okay. I understand his frustrations. It's not the greatest rule in the world. However, What he wrote was utterly absurd, and I will read it to you. So he goes on Instagram, what a joke. Dropped twice, then placed on a small tuft of grass. It's really tuft, Charlie. Um, Turned around, the ball started rolling into the water. I was under the impression that the USGA had changed that rule. I was wrong. I had to take another penalty for doing nothing wrong at all. Did everything by the book. Still mind-blowing that a group of amateurs rule the professional game of golf. I also blame the PGA Tour rules official for putting out a terrible penalty area line where this could ever happen. No accountability at any level here. No protection for the players at all. You wonder why guys are wanting to jump ship to go play on another tour. Players need transparency, protection, and consistency. We do not, we don't have that under the current governing bodies. And his last, after he goes on and tags all kinds of people, including the Saudi international, he then says, sorry, Jay, we need to do better. That's Jay Monahan, not Jay Woodson. (laughs) <laughs> we need to do better at all levels of the PJ tour, including myself who represent the players on the board of the tour. If we don't, we won't have a tour any longer. Okay. So here's what, again, I understand his frustrations with the rule. I don't know how you change it. Cause as we've all seen, once you place that ball, what does the rules official say to you? They say this ball is in play. Okay. 
let's just let's, let's use this. So okay, but so then let's just let's just break down his his uh his thing here. The uh, turned around the ball. Da-da-da. I was on the impression the USGA had changed that rule. You should know the rules of golf. If I'm a professional athlete, absolutely don't disagree. If I'm a professional athlete playing for tens of millions of dollars, I would know every fucking rule in the rule book. Know the rules, Charlie. Especially if you're a policy member, know the rules. I'm sorry, know the rules. That's not not the tour's fault. It's not the USGA's fault. You don't know the rule. That's your fault. You don't know the rule. First off, okay. Um, mind blowing. I'm going down here. Mind blowing that a group of amateurs rule the professional game of golf. What, what does that mean? Because the USGA yeah. kind of governs amateur events, but they also govern professional events. Oh, and by the way, hey, what's the amateur professional status of the rules officials on the PGA Tour, Charlie? They're all amateurs. None of them are professional golfers. So I don't know what you're complaining about there, okay? Because they're all amateurs that govern the rules of golf. All of them are amateurs. They're professionals at what they do, but they're amateurs by the rules of golf, okay? So... You're wrong again. I blame the PJ Tour rules official for putting out a terrible penalty line. It was fine. Golf Channel or CBS, I don't know who it was, did a great job of actually sending a camera down there the next day to show it. Yes, it was a very steep slope, but you can't put that line 15, 20 feet up the hill. It was about three feet from the edge of the water, which is where you're going to get it. It is what it is. Maybe the conditions of that, of that slope just need to have more grass on it. Maybe it's going to be taller, rough, not fairway. But what are you going to do? You move that line way up, and guess what? Now your ball has crossed way further back, and you change where people are getting relief from. So I don't know if he has a stake there. I haven't been on the hole. I can't speak from it. But what I saw from the golf channel, sorry, McLean, I'll give you a, I'll, I see your hand up. I'll give you a second, a chance in a second here, okay? <laughs> He's not done yet. <laughs> no, I'm not even close to done. So then he goes, no accountability at any level here. For who? Who did anything wrong here? How? Where's the accountability for you not knowing the rule? Oh, and wait a minute, Charlie. Did the USGA, the PGA Tour, hit the ball in the water? No, you did. Where's the accountability for hitting a bad shot in the water? Hit the ball in the fairway and you don't have this issue. There's no accountability on your front. I hate when people do something wrong. Yes, you got a bad break. But now you're going to be a whiny, entitled little bitch that sounds like every other athlete in sports. I thought golfers were different. You hit the ball in the fairway. You don't have this. The accountability should be on you not knowing the rule. And you hitting the ball in the water. No protection for the players. Explain that to me. I, I, I want someone to explain what he meant by no protection for the players. The PGA Tour has maybe the most protection for their players of any major sports league. And uh, Brandel Shambly did a great job of kind of breaking this down with all that they have. They have a massive, massive pension, which is the best in sports. It is the best in sports. You know how much money they get? They get about two-thirds of their career earnings. That is astronomical amount of money that they get. So Charlie Hoffman, who, if he walked into my men's grill, probably wouldn't be recognized right now. Because Charlie, sorry, you're a nobody. You're a journeyman. You've won a couple times. Great. But you've made $32 million on the PGA Tour. You're then going to get a bonus of pension when you retire of two-thirds of that money. And there's no protection. There's sponsors exemptions. There's medical exemptions. There's a corn ferry tour if you do play bad to go keep paying your bills and to re-get your car to go back on tour. When you get really old and you'll turn 50, you can go to the Champions Tour and play golf and make more money 
and pay your family and, and take care of your family. There's all kinds of protection for PGA Tour players. If you suck at another sport, you get cut and you're on the street. There's no protections in some other sports. There's a ton of protection on the PGA Tour. Then he says, you wonder why guys want to jump ship. This is why guys want to jump ship because of a rule of golf. Like the Saudis are going to make their own rules. What rules of golf are they going to do? You want transparency and protection from the Saudis? Good luck. Because when you go over there and you take a, a salary from them, you're their employee. You're no longer an independent contractor, Charlie. And first of all, the Saudis aren't going to pay you because you're Charlie Hoffman. You're a nobody. So you think it's going to be better playing golf for the Saudis? Hey, we need to, we need to move on. I think we need to move on. No, we don't. Because <laughs> this was on the fucking agenda, Jay. <laughs> Your rabbit hole wasn't. All right. Well, this is a mass hole minute, not the mass hole 10 minute. No, I think I put on the notes a mass hole hour is what I wrote. <laughs> you read my fucking notes. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't get it. I think he loses me. If you want to go on social media and say, man, this rule sucks. I'm with you there, Charlie. It's not the greatest in the world. I still don't know how you improve it because I can give you an example if you want that doesn't work, but I, I don't get all this other stuff. And he, he said he was asked the next day. This was calculated. This was not. He specifically said this wasn't just like flying off the seat of his pants, pissed off, having a couple of beers in his hotel room. He was he said, I thought out what I was doing. I thought that I, I knew this was going to create a stir. I knew what I was doing, tagging the Saudi International. Like, dude, like, get over it. You, you hit a shot in the water and you got a bad break. I'm sorry. It happened to Ricky Fowler two years ago at the same event on a different hole. Like, yeah. do, you think, do you think that in some way this was him trying to gain attention to grab a paycheck from the Saudis? I mean, it could be. Yeah, sure. Like, why yeah, are they I mean, going to want Charlie Hoffman? He doesn't move any needles. He's on the unless a, unless he creates a stir that does move a needle. And gains their attention enough that they feel worth he's worthy enough for a paycheck. All right, okay. Uh, then I'll say this again: go over there and play golf for the Saudis and see what their again, transparency and protections like. Hey, I, I, I'm I'm just stirring the pot there and, and literally no, just, just offering a devil's advocate opinion you're, on yeah, that on that particular side. The only thing I will say, and the only reason I raised my hand a minute ago, is that I think he handled this very poorly. Unless that's his strategy, oh, he to try and get off, a paycheck. Off. Without question. So, so in, in, unless this was his exact strategy to try and gain um, some notoriety from the Saudis to, to garner a, a massive paycheck and say, hey, I can move the needle or I can create a stir or that, hey, look at me. That would make some sense. If that's not it, uh, I, I got to say it, it's a it's a poor move. It was handled incredibly tastelessly. And at the end of the day, it, it's something to where I'm not a huge fan of necessarily I, I i'm not a huge fan of how he handled it if unless it was just a credit stir and i didn't necessarily put that clearly but moving forward the only thing i will say and the reason i raised my hand if the line is marked in a place that the rules state where you cannot make a fair drop it's a bad line that's all i'm saying i'm not arguing for charlie hoffman my only thing against it was to say that if i step up and I have to take a drop under the rules exactly where it is. And it rolls into the water and I'm having trouble keeping it there. And you try to place it and it's still rolling in the water. It's a bad line. 
That's all I'm saying. And I'm not calling out a PJ tour official. My guess is that where Charlie hit in the water, the tour official probably didn't think anyone, it wasn't in play. Charlie's one of the shorter hitters on tour. It wouldn't surprise me if the tour official said, this is 250 yards from the tee box. It's not in play. Unfortunately, it was. But at the same time, the line needs to be at a point to where you can take fair relief and not worry about turning around and your ball rolling in the water. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. And if it is, the rule should be that that's not a penalty. And I'm not arguing with with you at all there with that point. I'm not arguing with Charlie being frustrated with the rule. I'm arguing with the bullshit stuff he said because he got a bad break. Don't disagree. That was my only take. And how he handled it. Like, if you have a... Don't disagree. If you have issues with the PGA Tour, and I'm not saying the PGA Tour is perfect. We've talked a lot about this with all these other... I'm not saying they're perfect, but it's the best place to play golf. If you think the Saudis are going to do it better in a startup golf league, good luck. Good luck. Because what rules of golf are they? Are they going to make up their own rules? Is this the XFL now? Are we going to have, you know, a tackle to see who tees off first? Like, what what are we going to do here? You know what I mean? Like, who beheads the person best wins? You know, they get to... Question. Yeah. If either of the Bryson offers are legit, forget about how you feel about them. Mm -hmm. Leave all emotion out of this real quick. If either of the Bryson offers are legit, do you not think the best deal for him is to take those? I mean, it's it's easy for me to sit here. You think he can make $135 million without endorsements? And that's that's the that's a soft, but that's it, the that's the lower one. All I'm saying is that Tiger's career earnings are less than that. If you could take a hundred and guarantee a hundred, just call it a hundred million guaranteed right now and you, and you don't jump ship buddy you take care of your generation yeah but it's, it's not it's and i understand ship. that I understand you don't, that, you don't have to play the easy. tour anymore you can go you can go hang out at seminole and pine valley and hobnob play for fun have, well, have the awesome. greatest you time of your life you don't really want to compete and play golf then you just want to have a bunch of money then that's I, fine i'm, I'm sure guys, i'm sure you can still compete but there but there's so much to look at when it comes to injury and possibilities in this sport versus any other sport to where if you got injured tomorrow, not only do your playing opportunities decrease, but your sponsorship and endorsement money. Yeah, that's the same, in any, that's well. the same in any, any sport. Not in, no, it's not not in baseball and football. You have guaranteed contracts, not in base, not in football. You don't get guaranteed shit. They can cut you. Uh, anytime. Yeah, I'm sorry. Football is not as good. NBA ba- basketball and baseball. You get more guaranteed con- guaranteed money football. There is more injury propensity. So there is less guaranteed money and you are correct. And I apologize. You are right about that. But yeah, at the same no, time, no, there is no guarantee. guarantee in the PGA. There's no guarantee in the PGA tour. No guarantee. I, no, but there's way more protections than in other sports. I don't disagree with that, but yeah. there are a lot of guys out there with protection struggling, struggling to pay bills. Your guys under one twenty-five. Your guys, okay, but there, those those other guys that we're talking about. So here's the thing: but these this, guys, this does increase the opportunities for them. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because really, Saudis, if you remove if you remove fifty guys from the PGA Tour, do these guys not have a better chance to make money? I'm, yeah, but guess what? Then there's no money to compete for because the PGA Tour is not going to have any money. They're going to have no money to play for. I don't. I don't think that money's going to evaporate because hosting the events generates you, you think, so much okay. income. You think all these guys go to Saudi Arabia and they leave? Not all of them. They're not all. Going. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You take a large chunk of the top fifty in the world and you send them to Saudi Arabia. Do you think the purses on the PJ Tour stay the same? 
No, they do not. Uh, it depends on if they're able to maintain the amount of money that they're generating at the events. No, I think there's there's so much more that goes into the well, advertising the and TV rights goes into the, the majority of the revenue. But at yeah. the end of the day, I think if, I think, the, I think the amount to... they make an individual win is tiny to determine the purse. Is AT sponsorship and TV shares? Yeah, majority of that. If everyone flees and the PGA Tour becomes a lesser product, then those guys that are Charlie Hoffman I don't know how much is affected make, are, are playing for less money. The pension goes down. It actually hurts them. Well, I also think that these the, whatever league this is is short term. My my also thought is that it's short term. So I, I at the end of the day, I think if the Saudi golf league gets legs, it's a seven year deal. I don't think it gets long term legs. I think it ends up becoming the PGA tour just gets better. I think everyone comes back. They'll have some guys that they may not come back, but I think, I don't think the, there we're going to have, if you look at the PGA tour and the European tours, they have a very, very long history. I, I don't necessarily think a random Saudi based league is going to come in and overtake it. I think it will challenge it. I think it will garner play. I think some people are going to get paid some stupid money, but I don't think, 10 years from now, we're not still watching the PGA tour with the best players in the world. That's where, that's what I truly believe. Jay, what's your take on all this? I don't know. Let me see. I got to go back to the beginning here to when I had some thoughts that, that dissipated in that, in that rant. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with Charlie Hoffman at all with why he was upset. Um, We've already said that, you know, I think it's the, whatever the ruling is, obviously is it's not, it's not right. It's, it's not correct. I mean, everyone said, don't hit in the water. Well, you know what? Hey, I don't want to hit in the water, but I did hit in the water. I should be able to drop and hit my next shot and not have to worry about the ball rolling back. So uh, I do think he has some merit and, and, and disputing that, um, the, you know, the, the way he went about it, obviously kind of attacking a couple different sides of it, I think was, uh, I think it was calculated in a way that um, a member of the player board and one of the most respected players on the tour, um, and he has been for quite some time. So it's 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 it seems really strange that he would do that at this time with with all the controversy with the Saudi uh, the Saudi league. Um, it does seem like it's uh, premeditated, and he had a purpose here. Um, and I know he apologized after saying I've not, got some not, cleaning up to do not really apologize I mean he's, he kind of doubled down on what he said exactly so I mean he, he that's what that was my point he apologized but it was it wasn't like I made a mistake I said the wrong thing I shouldn't have said that it was um you know it's half-hearted apology so in my opinion there there is there is some buzz going on with these guys about going over there and playing and and um I think Again, I've already I've, I've said this from the, from the beginning. I, I do think that it's valid. I think that there should be some challenge. I think again, challenge and questioning sparks change. And I think at this point, when you have a a, a tour that runs the show for forty plus years, um, that some guys don't agree with everything that you do, and you get a little comfortable with the way things run. You get a little comfortable with where the money goes, and. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and I know Phil Mickelson made some kind of some bad comments, but I understand. I know how the pension works. I've been I've looked at the numbers and it is a great pension, but there's still a lot of money 
that no one knows where it goes. There's a lot of money that no one can. Yeah, but so out. here's the thing, though. They're, but they're hold on, hold on. Give me one second. Give me one second. These guys are the these are the show. These guys are the show, right? Understand that this is the platform. The PJ Tour is the platform. I totally understand that. But the PJ Tour is nothing without the players, and the players are nothing without the PJ Tour right now. But there's always a tour if you've got the talent. The talent is what sells. So as much as I love the PGA Tour, if all these guys all get together and say, you know what, we're going, we're all going to the Saudi, we're all going to the Saudi League. Now that's not going to happen. But if they decide to do it, the PGA Tour is pretty much cease, it ceases to exist. So you 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 have yeah, to. Yeah. So it does to, hurt the Charlie Hoffmans of the world. Sure. I'm, I'm, that doesn't. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the the, the whole all of the guys in, in general. So you've got the PGA Tour as at some point they've been so high on the horse for so long they need to be able to say you know what hey i've got to find a way to give back to these guys in one way shape or another i know they try that's why that's where this this pit program came from which is it's it's a failed attempt because it only it only rewards the guys who are already at the are the most famous anyway but my point is you you it, it's good to challenge and it, it's good to to make them rethink the way that they've structured everything. And Colin Morikawa said it today. Your boy, he said, he, he had he great said, comments am, today. Yeah, he he basically said, "I am, I'm opening. I'm I'm sorry. I'm open to asking. You know what what else is out there? Now the Saudi tour is not giving any details, but he's like, it, it's my job as an independent contractor to ask these questions to find out what is there, what's available." If it gets to a point where it's so lucrative that I don't, I, there's no other choice, then yeah, I'm going to go play there. Yeah, but he also he also said I'm not going over there. There's no evidence to me that shows it's better. He said that first, and then he came back and said I will continue to question and ask questions and find out more details and and basically leaving the door open. Like if it's that much, if it's that much better, then yes, they will go play. So and I'm me- not I'm not against the PGA Tour at all. I'm, I'm just saying it's good to have a balance. And right now the balance is off. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, so I, I don't, so here's the thing that I don't get. And I, I want someone to show me the numbers and they, they should be able to, because the, the PGA tour is not the NFL, the major league baseball, NBA. It's a player run organization. That's a nonprofit. So who's, if, if they have all this money, then who's is Jay Monahan making $400 million a year. Like, Someone show me that. Like, there's no proof of that. They put out their tax filings every year because they're a nonprofit. And so you know some, how nonprofits work. Most most of the numbers that filled through out last week were all fake. They were all made up. Like and, that, that could that could be with Phil. Who knows? Well, he, said, he, he said they had $20 billion in digital assets. Where the fuck is $20 billion coming from? I'm sorry. The PGA tour is not that popular. Maybe the NFL has $20 billion in digital assets of their value. I'm sorry, the PGA Tour does not. It's not that value of a product. $20 billion. Uh, might be surprised. I think you'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. You guys are economists all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> who's the economist? Wow. You're the one who's wow. it's not $20 billion. There's no way. There's no way. Okay. Well, I'm, so, saying it, I'm not saying it's that much, but I'm saying it's. And so the other thing, too, there's more is, than there's more there than you can than, than leads the eye. But the other thing, too, is what you hear from these leagues is they're not doing a big league. You're talking 40, 48 players. The rumors about the Saudi league is 40 players. So the PJ Tour wouldn't cease to exist. 
if there's only 40 uh, players on the Saudi league. Look, look, that's don't don't take my point the wrong way. I'm not I'm not saying the Saudi league is the answer and they're all going to jump ship. I'm just my point is that there needs to be someone to challenge them to make them uh I don't I don't want to use the word fair, but but make it uh to a point where it's it's accommodating for both parties. You know, you can't you can't tell me that you sh- you watch you you showed me for Monday and Tuesday or I'm sorry Thursday and Friday I, I played great I made a hole in one you showed tons of clips of me on 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 Thursday and I ended up missing the cut I didn't make I didn't make a dime I didn't make a dime this week and that's how you make your money on the PJ Tour with the pension cuts made cuts made cuts made cuts yeah, made it's a performance top ten top based twenty five a performance based league but the PJ Tour benefits from showing my face. On tour, on TV, every yeah, day. Every, league, great, every every athlete that plays in any league is like that, Jay. And there's guaranteed contracts in those leagues. And there's not in this league. There's guaranteed contracts in those leagues. And there's not in this league. So, But they where, can't just wh- give away. They can't let you just take your assets for free. They wouldn't make any money. Take my my assets for it, free? Your, your digital, it belongs to them. It belongs to the networks and it belongs to the tour. And it and it has for thirty five years, and but it has my point. In every that's my, in every sport, it shouldn't. Well, and in, in, in all other sports, there's a lot of guys that don't even tee it up or play or get it get even in the game at all, but yet they get paid. Okay, so do we want to celebrate a performance based league or not? I'm not disagreeing with that. All I am saying is that he is correct in saying that there are there is a lot of guaranteed money in other leagues, and I understand why that's attractive. That's all I'm saying. I get that. I still go back to the point that we talked about months ago. If if you get a handful of guys that go over and you start to split the talent, then that's bad for everyone. Look at boxing. Boxing used to be huge. And then boxing had all these different things. And you don't know who the champion is. There's this guy has these four belts. This guy has these three. And boxing is nowhere anymore. What do you do you do if it's you, though? What's that? What do you do if it's you? I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't know that it's good for the sport. You know what, McLean? I, I don't care if it's me. I'm not. No, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, what do you I'm do? A if, fan. I'm looking at it as a fan of golf. No, I don't but, care. But but what if it is? How do we critique these guys if we would if we'd make the same decision? Because what if it is? What if it's your family on the line and someone gave well, you? They, well, they, wait, wait. These guys' families are on the line. Do not give me that bullshit. And McLean just signed off. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Don't give me the bullshit that their family's on the line. You're you're talking about the cream of the crop here that has tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Don't give me that. No, 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 no. You can't give me that fucking answer. I know he's not even here to listen to me right now because he's not on the call. Don't know where McLean went right now, but you can't give me to worry about their families. There's generational wealth already in these, in these guys, the the guys that are going to get paid to go in these leagues aren't child, aren't Joe Durant. They're the guys that already have tens and hundreds of million dollars in the bank. So sorry, no. McLean, you can't well, those, give me that. No, they don't. Those guys. I mean, the guys that they're attracting, not all of them have have that. I mean, yes, they are. Most of those guys are wealthy, but I don't think they have. I don't think they've got hundreds of millions in the bank. I mean, but I mean, it. it I, I again, I think that it. They're they're in a position where like some of the guys maybe are at the tail end of their career, and they're like, hey, I'm not going to win a major. Is it okay if I just take a chance and take the the guaranteed payday? Um, and I, I could see where a guy and would say that. Yeah, I mean, like fine. a Charlie Hoffman. I mean, I, it, it's a perfect perfect scenario. He's like, look, I, I'm 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 a, I've got a bad back. I mean, I'm never going to win a major. 
And if, if I'm just, if I make just enough of a buzz and they're like, you know what, Hey, we'll give you 25 million to come play in this league. And I, you know, how, how do you, I don't blame him for doing that. Well, and, uh, that's fine. I don't really don't, again, I'm coming at all this from a fan. I don't care. So there's been names that Lee Westwood, Henrik Stenson, Ian Poulter are guys that the Saudis are looking at. I, frankly, guys, you're, you're done. You're past your prime. You're done. Go take the money. I really don't care. I'm not going to watch you. Yeah. Like I'm not going to watch you play golf. Yeah. So go. I, I don't care about those guys leaving the PGA tour. Yeah. Who cares about Lee Westwood? He's way past his prime. Like, yeah, I mean, but yeah, you, know, you don't care to watch him and that's fine. But, um, you know, why you can't blame the, the guys for doing it or trying to promote it. You know, I mean, like if, if, if they are in fact for it, you know, I, and I, just back to Charlie Hoffman's point, I think th- that whole, that whole text or that whole tweet was, was, I think it was premeditated. I think it was, it was him. He, there was, uh, there's obviously he's been on, he's been on the player board for, I don't know how many years he, he knows the ins and outs of the PJ Tory. He knows how it's set up. He would not say those things if there were not something that he was really upset about. That's all I, that's all I can say. I can't say how much money I can't, I'm not going to say something silly that like Phil said, there's $20 billion in assets. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I do know that you've never seen Charlie Hoffman fly off like that and be that upset. And this was just a, this was just a, uh, the, it was a ticking Tom bomb for him. You know, he, he flew off at the right moment for something that was simple. I mean, yes, he had every right to be upset about the the drop and he could have just said, Hey, I, I don't agree with this. This is a terrible rule. It needs to be changed. And everyone would, everyone would have agreed with him. Um, but he took it to another level and which seemed really strange, like out of character. And anytime somebody like starts going on a rant like that, they're like, what, what do you have pent up? You know, you know, what, what, what is, well, it looks like what, a couple of guys in, in McLean. First off, welcome back. Hey, happy to have, happy to have you again. Great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I was going to say, Jay is it sounds like some of these guys, Phil, and then the Charlie rant, it sounds like they're looking for an excuse to leave. Yeah. I almost I think, like they're trying to create an excuse, almost trying to create a justification to leave. Well, I, I haven't heard any, I haven't heard of anyone that is a really relevant player that wants to, that is, that is for this. The only one that's in the fringe is DeChambeau, but Phil is past his prom. I mean, he's getting ready to go play the champions yeah. tour. He's going to get, he's trying to play for $500,000 a week, you know, for, for not even, you know, and, and Charlie Hoffman, you know, passed his prom with, with injuries. Um, there's the guys that I've heard that are, that are committed are, are not the top guys. And I totally understand that. Um, and I don't, I don't, and I don't, um, I won't criticize them for doing that. Um, but again, I, I do think that that change is a good thing, and and just try to reorganize um, the way that the way that things are run. I mean, the PJ as tour long as my- as long as the PJ Tour says the PJ Tour, if it gets the PJ Tour to make some changes to make the players happy, sure, great. But all it seems to me is it's just going to help the top guys make more money, and the lower guys aren't going to get benefited at all. Maybe. What, they're, what they're doing so far, what the PJ Tour has been doing so far, it's yeah. just really they're bumping up the the tour championship money in the FedEx cup. They're which, bumping up. They got make this Comcast top 10, which is really just the same top 10 that you see in the FedEx cup. So it's the top guys. Nobody cares. The, about that. the pip is just the top guys. So is it making the product better for the guys that are hundred and to 150 on tour? Or is it just really making the product better for the top 25 guys right now? As me, not knowing the, the numbers sitting here, reading articles and watching the coverage. They're really just trying to keep the top guys happy. They're not really helping out the bottom guys. 
No. Right. And so if it if it changes and it helps, great. If it starts to splinter, it's bad for golf. It's bad for the for what we, we like and enjoy as fans. Have we heard any more from the Premier League over there in Europe? What, what's have, they've been? They're quiet they're quiet. They're they're trying to get the PJ Tour on board. Is what their angle is. is. They're going after the PJ Tour, not really the players. Where the Saudis just going after the players and try to poach them, you know. And there's varying reports on the Saudi league. There is a player meeting tonight with the PGA tour at Riviera. And it was interesting to hear that um, Keith Pelly, the executive director of the Euro tour, well, the DP world tour, I'm forever calling it the Euro tour. Sorry. You're not the DP world tour to me is there in attendance at this meeting. Cause there is now a strategic alliance between the Euro tour and the PGA tour. So it, it has to be fairly important for him to fly halfway across the world um, to attend this meeting. So I'll be curious if anything comes from that tonight. There are some more news. Again, Colin Morikawa had a lengthy um, press conference today about it and had some good comments. Kramer Hickok went on a podcast and said he's heard 17 guys have confirmed that they're going to the Saudi league. He -hmm. said maybe some big names. Um, Morikawa says he doesn't know of any names that have committed and hasn't seen any. That's one of the reasons why he's not on board is because he goes, I haven't seen enough details on this, which is, again, the Saudis haven't, Without any details, there's there's some loose things where maybe it's 10 events this year or 12 events or six events might be the more popular opinion right now. Rumor even starting in June with a couple in the USA. Um, Bryson allegedly said and this. This news came from another competing podcast that um, he has told people Com- that he competing? is competing. Well, I love that. I wish we were competing with them, but um, yeah, yeah, we are. He yeah, he has told people that he's no longer playing on. He's not playing another PJ Tour event. Is what he has allegedly told some people. But, and then some, he's come out and said they, interviewed, they interviewed him today, and that he said said that, that's that false. But if, that's false. But yeah. But how much can you believe, Bryson? He, he um, a liar. I don't know. Yeah. So it it will be interesting. It's a debate we'll keep on having, and a conversation we'll keep on having because I think it is worthwhile as fans of golf to talk about this. And the next break it. In the next two years. Uh, uh, professional golf is going to be way different I'm it could saying. be i hope for the good for the fan i don't want these other leagues to really get off the ground because i just think it's bad it'd be bad for the fans it'd be good think, great for bryson DeChambeau, bad for the fans i think it'll be i think it'll be good in the in the beginning there'll be a buzz to watch some other tours uh that we normally don't watch but i, I yeah i think in the end it should it should it should help uh, foster some conversation to make things a little better. I mean, but again, I, is it better for the viewer? Is it, is it a better product for the viewer? No, it's not. I mean, no, no, no. What are not, they doing? We, we don't know that yet. Not to have. We don't know that yet. That's speculation. But what? How? What if it were cool? If there were two really strong competing tours, and the big events were still open to both. Um, I mean, it could be, it could be good. No. It could be good. Well, competition, I'm also the person Mikey, that competition I, I know, I understand good. competition is good. Jay, I got it. I heard the first 45 times you said it, but. <laughs> well, then you but, agree. No, but no, not if, <laughs> not if they split you out. You always, how are you going to compare yourself? If you have one, uh, one group of guys on one tour and another group of guys on another tour, how do you, how do you say who's the best? If they don't play against each other and they don't, you have nothing Nothing you've already to, answered. You've already answered your question. How? 
How do I if know one, who's if better? If one guy wins this tour, one guy wins I that tour. Exactly. How, how, do, how, I know, how do I know who's better? I need to watch. I need to watch. I need to watch him on the PJ tour. Add, let me watch add, him on, on the other tour. I need to watch. I need to pay no, attention. but they're not competing against each other. Yeah, I, I don't know. I need to, I need to, I'm going to come up with my own scenarios of why they're better each yeah. tour. Yeah. That's how it works. Just oh, like you don't I like 12-hole like golf courses because you don't know how to establish how well you play. If you have guys on three separate tours, you don't know who's the best or who they don't compete against each other. Well, both, there's no, there's no barometer to say this on guy's an 18-hole golf course. <laughs> what? I said they're both competing on an 18-hole golf yeah, course. Yeah, but it's not the same golf course on a different fucking continent. Like, sure. But there's world ranking points. And you're like, I don't know which tour is better. Which one do I watch? Yeah, Should I watch this one? Should I watch that I don't that want one? that. And that's a bad product. I think you get two lesser tours. Maybe. I think it's 100% you get two lesser tours. Maybe, maybe in the long run, but maybe in the beginning, it's a good thing. Then if in the long run it's bad, then it's not good. Maybe. I mean, again, we, we if we just sit on the uh, on the laurels of what we've had here the last 40 years. I'm not saying sitting on the laurels, but if 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 they're just gonna pay the top guys and it's just a money grab, that has nothing to that has nothing to do with me as a fan. It does not entertain me. Me sitting on my couch watching golf does not entertain me. Yeah. Okay. Would well, not entertain me. Then yeah, you shouldn't watch then. You shouldn't watch it. I won't watch. If, if they go play the fucking Saudi league, I will not watch the Saudi league. And you won't watch the BJ tour either. No, you're full of shit. Tour. You are full of shit. You're going to tell me right now. You're not going to watch it. Look, that that's my whole point here. Look, I watch whatever golf is on. I have a TV that's on the golf all day in the background while I'm playing golf or while I'm working. And I don't care if it's the ladies European tour, the DP year world tour, whatever the fuck it is, the Australasian tour, the sunshine tour, the Asian tour, if there's golf on, buddy, I'm going to have it on my TV. And if I and, and you're the same way, and I know that about you because you are a golf fanatic at the absolute fucking core. So if there is golf on and you have the opportunity to watch it, it's going to be on your TV. So don't tell me you're not going to watch it. You don't have to be a fan gonna, of it. You I'm don't have to fucking it. support it. I'm going to fucking you're, boycott the Saudi. You're, you're full of fucking shit. I'll skip those segments when you guys talk shit. about it. You're saying that right now, but you're full of shit. You know damn well you're going to watch it. Absolutely going to watch. I will it. go to my grave saying this is not good for the game of golf. This is not good for the fan. This is not good for the entertainment product of golf. Hundred percent. You'll never. You not. We will never convince me otherwise. If Jay. you get it fractured, Jay, unless put it, put it on. The like calendar. I said before about the twenty twenty three. Let's revisit this January twenty twenty three. It's February. supposed to happen this year. The Saturday league supposed to happen in June. Supposed to start in June. That's why we're going to revisit it a year from now. Let's see where the fuck you feel. If, especially if it's Bryson and Phil. If those are the pillars of your league, I'm fucking definitely not watching it. <laughs> I think you're full of shit. <laughs> You're not going to put it all at the foundry. The foundry just will not have it on at all. Nope. You're and my staff members. If you hear this, you're fired. If you put on the Saudi golf league, <laughs> you're full of shit. Full of shit. Not watching it. You will not. FOS. Convince me FOS. Right. Get some we, boundary. FOS hats. Full of we, shit. We got to get going here. We're going to skip our last segment. I do want to talk about this next, this last segment. We're going to push it to next week. Cause it's, it's a worthwhile conversation. Um, What's that? About Morgan Hoffman. I'm going to give yeah, our let's 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 get into our, that next week because it, it yeah. deserves some time. It, it, deserves, it some deserves some time. Some time. Yeah, I want all of our listeners. If you have not read this article, I think it was by Daniel Rappaport on Golf Digest. Please go out and read it. Just search Morgan Hoffman and you're just going to pop right up. You need to go read this article. We will discuss it next week. I promise. I At wanted length. to do it this week, but we went down multiple rabbit holes. Um, it, it is worthwhile and it needs to be talked about. And it, it is 
completely different than the conversation we just had. It is a breath of fresh air and a completely different vantage point. And someone who has maybe priorities in a, in a better light than some of these guys talking about obnoxious greed. So we will talk about that next week. Let's get into this week's picks and preview because we do have a good one. Genesis, Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Classic, old school, awesome golf course with the top 10 players in the world in the field, which you won't get when they half of them go to the Saudi League. You won't get the top 10 players in the same field. Tough golf course. Greens are hard to hit. Poa greens, hard to put on. Always usually plays firm and fast. Although I heard tonight that they were getting like a rain and hailstorm. So hopefully um, that can dry out a little bit and it's, it's not too too wet. That, of course, is really fun when it's firm and fast. So who uh, who wants to go first? I was all over the place with my picks. I do like my team. Um, McLean loves his team. So we'll go there. It let's is go. nice that it is a deep field, so you can get some value plays down the board. Yeah, with some yeah. Let, let, let's go. So we're, we're starting off with uh, my kind of consensus best player in the world right now, Mr. Patrick Cantlay. Uh, again, a guy who's you know, struggling to get it done over the last few years. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was obviously proved wrong about that. But regardless of which, he has he, he's played in four events. He has four top tens. Um, the guy's an absolute stud. I think he's one of the best players in the field. He's a California boy. I, I look for him to uh, play well at rib this week. Um, moving down the board a bit, uh, Mr. Will Zalatoris at 8,800. I'm actually surprised to see him down that low. You know, he, he actually has some, uh, I think he played there last year and had a little, I think he had a good finish. If I'm not mistaken. I, I got into the power rankings deep this week and I'm trying not to, uh, basically just resuscitate what they gave me. Um, but last two finishes six at the Amex second at the farmers, uh, look for him to play well. Uh, again, moving down the board, Mr. Matthew Fitzpatrick, guys, just absolutely ripped from the power rankings. He's going to play well, 8,100, a guy who's been in the mix. Uh, Taylor Gooch, guy who's been playing extremely well, not one of the you know, better known names out there, but uh, 26 last week, 20th at the Farmers. Uh, finished up with a rough 75 at the Waste Management. Otherwise, he was in the mix, but he's been in the mix a good bit. Value play at 8,000. Look at him to... Uh, potentially contend and uh moving down from there mr ryan palmer the west texas slinger i'm not going to go into depth uh but then my last pick rounding out is a so, hey, rib should we get, hold on should we get ryan palmer on the pod ryan palmer we need to get him on the pod we need to get hats merch the whole nine <laughs> and the fucked up part is i'm not i'm not like i, I like i'm a fan of his but not like an like an odd fan of it i just like betting on him <laughs> I just like betting on the guy. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like fanboy when I see the guy. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not impressed by yeah. No, that's not that's not the relationship. I just like betting on the guy. He's a value pick that consistently fucking pays out. So I'm a, I'm a big Ryan Palmer fan. But but rounding it out, uh, I got a rib member seven thousand Francesco Molinari. If oh, that's right. He is not, a rib member. If yeah. you do not have your picks in. Go ahead and find you Francesco down at 7,000. He is someone who has been a not quite the world beater that Tommy Fleetwood was, but uh, he has an incredible European tour career, an incredible uh, major championship career. Look for him to just come in and do something good on his home track. I like it. I like it. I forgot he was a member there. That's right. 
That's why I didn't mention that to you earlier when we were talking about it. Like I thought about it. I'm like, this fucker is going to change his. Pick. No, no. I, I, I kind of like my squad. All right. So I'm going to go with a, a massive sleeper. I had to go down the board here. $6,300. Doc Redman. Ooh, mm. Raleigh boy. Hits his irons well. And he just happened to win the US Am at Riviera back in the day. And he has been playing fairly well the last couple of events. Um, 33rd at Pebble, 25th at Farmers. So um, has some good good memories at Riviera. So I'm going to go down the board, 6300. I then go up to Christian Bezadenhout. Hey, great great pull, though, on Doc. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Christian Bezadenhout, been playing pretty well. 14th at Pebble. A couple made cuts at, at Farmers. Actually, a lot of made cuts uh, in this calendar year. Hits his irons really well, which I think is... Maybe the number one thing to do at at Riv is tight small greens. One of, some of the toughest to hit on the on the tour. So I like Christian Bazaden Hote. I'm going to skip my next player. I'm going to come back to him last because you guys are just going to love it. Then I go up to uh, Taylor Gooch as well for what McLean was saying. Just been playing solid. I like him to make a cut and make some birdies. So we're going to go Taylor Gooch eight thousand. Then I go up to Victor Hovland ninety four hundred dollars again. Another iron player. Some of us may call him a ball striker mm. on this podcast. Had a bad week, missed the cut at Waste Management, or I guess it's now WM Open, technically. I think they've rebranded it. It's no longer Waste Management Open. It's WM Open. But uh, Victor's going to have a bounce back week. I like him on this style golf course, just flushing it all over the place. And then I go up to Patrick Cantlay, 11,000. He has not finished outside the top 11 since August. That's crazy. That's pretty good, I guess. 28 of his last 30 rounds have been in the 60s. Also pretty good. So, you know, he's going to finally get off the schneid. I mean, it's been since September since he's won a golf tournament. So hopefully he helps McLean out here and wins a wins an event. But I'm going back down to my middle guy, $7,800, Sergio Garcia. Ooh, I almost took him. Good pick. No idea what he's have a lot of experience there. there. I don't. I have no idea what his track record is. At Riviera. He has been playing well in the last few months, and he's a ball striker. He drives it well, hits great irons, and that's what wins at Riviera. So I like uh, Garcia to have a good week. Jay. Um. Yeah, I think we have a couple uh, overlapping players here. Um. Yeah, Sergio being the first. Uh, I've got Sergio in. Um, in this event, uh, or I've got him locked in here. He, let's see what he did here. I can give you some, some, a little bit of a backstory on Sergio, wherever he is on my list. He's in there somewhere. I don't have him. I know that he's played well in the past here, uh, believe it or not. Um, but at 7,800 bucks, again, like you said, ball striker plays well on tough golf courses. Um, and he doesn't have to putt well because they're playing on, uh, Poe, so it, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, anyone can be an average ball striker, but seventh is the last event, 25th in the in the event prior to that. And then he did miss the cut at the Sanderson and then, uh, you know, dating back to last year, 14th and 6th. He's actually had a decent, decent run here at uh, Riviera. I mean, he did miss the cut last year, but, you know, 37th, 37th, 49th. And then he's got, if you go back, he's got a fourth, a couple fourth place finishes and a 13th place finish. Um, so 
I've got uh, Mr. Sergio Garcia in the in the mix as well. Um, I've got Paul Casey. Uh, you know, I don't. Know. I can sit here and talk about Paul Casey, but you guys don't really want to hear that. So. I almost I almost took Paul Casey. Then I heard a re- I saw a really bad stat this afternoon of his his putting on Poe. Now, granting putting on on this golf course isn't the end all be all, but he is awful on Poe. But he is a. I think he has played well there in the past. He does hit the ball great, but. He he has. I mean, I mean, he's never missed a cut here, so he'll probably miss the cut. But um, he's finished, uh, you know, middle of the pack the last six years, 37, 25th, 49, 39, 39th. But he does have a second place finish. So, I mean, he does have, uh, you know, somewhat of a history here. Um, he's a great he is a great ball striker. So I, I just, you know, at, at that price point, you know, if I can get him to make make the cut and, and get some points, then. I'll give him a shot. Um, Eric Van Royen, um, he's at seven seven thousand. So again, who knows? <laughs> I mean, at this point, you're just kind of guessing. But um, he, he's played decent in the last five events, made the last five cuts, and um, he, he's only played here once, and he missed the cut. So again, I'm kind of taking a chance on him just based on off of recent history. I know he played well. And a couple of events back and, um, you know, didn't, he was playing well and then didn't and faltered on Sunday. So I'm just banking on uh, him and making some birdies like he, he knows how to do. And, and based on the price point at 7,000 bucks, I think it's uh, could be a good deal. Um, then I jump up to Adam Scott, who's played well here, seven out of seven cuts this year. I mean, he's got a great track record. Yeah. Um, he's course for a course. Better. Yeah, he really does. I mean, you know, he's, Let's see where he's finished 38th last year, uh, which obviously was okay. And then first, the seventh. Um, and then he's got a, a second, a 10th, an 11th, a 17th, a 14th in the last you know 11 years. So he does like that golf course. Um, so again, at that price, uh, $8,200. So kind of a lot of, a lot of middle grade guys. Um, then I jump up to Cam Smith at 9,100. Good pick. And, um, yeah, Cam, I mean, he's been a sneaky good player for quite some time. I mean, missed the cut at the Sony, which was, you know, the second event of the year after he won the century, which is like, okay. Wins and misses a cut. That's a yeah, goal for you. Win and miss the cut. But, you know, prior to that, you know, first, fourth, 15th, ninth, 14th, 34th, second, fifth. I mean, he's playing some good golf. And then he did finish fourth here last year. Um, so he, he, I think he's got a good vibe um, at this course. And then uh, lastly, you talk about uh, a horse for a course. Do you know who I'm picking? Um, no. He has not played a whole lot this year so far. He actually DJ. DJ. DJ has only finished outside of the top 10 once in the last eight years. So – I'm paying up a little bit, I guess you could say. At uh, he's at 10, 10 2, which he's not even the highest price guy. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure that has a lot to do with how he's played, you know, recently. But he does love this place, and he's one of those players that's so good. You know, he can have two or three weeks of bad play and get to a course that you like, and you just turn it on and you win. And it's like, yeah, that, I, I feel like bad play for DJ never matters. Doesn't matter to that guy. So there you have it. So there you go. All right, I love it. Um, we got a good week of golf. We had a good show, a little long. We got a little contentious, some yelling, some cursing. Everybody seems to like that. We all came with some hard takes. 
I yelled at McLean and he wasn't even on the air. He had signed off for a minute. Um, you can listen to that tomorrow, McLean, after I put the podcast out and hear what I said to you. And uh, but yeah, remember all of our listeners, send this to three friends. Send it to three friends. It's all it takes. Just help us out a little bit. Do yeah. it. Do it. And we'll uh, enjoy the golf and we'll be back next week. Thanks, boys. Later. Cheers.